Welcome to another episode of the Bryce Side Podcast. It's only three minutes, so we can just move on to anything else. Okay, cool. Do you have like topics you want to talk about or no, this is all you, baby. This is all about the Rambo show. I'm just a facilitator. Right now, you're just talking about how much Austin sucks and it doesn't have any good tacos. So, well, I mean, like uh, Austin is a place where I'm not really, it's a good place to visit. Don't be wrong. There's a lot of things to do, but to live in, it's a little different animal. So it's kind of like, I like the weekend trips here, but to stay here, not so much. I like it more low key and a little bit slow pace for my taste. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's not all bad. Freaking post tournament, get a nice smoothie or go to a steakhouse or the one time go down to the downtown part where they do the standing kayaks and try some like food trucks and tours. That's where I've got that, uh, donut burger at off the sixth street. Thought that was pretty cool. Oh, dope. Okay, they they have Gordos too. Um, I think that's off. Yeah, that's, that was the yeah that was the food truck. Okay, well they had a food truck. I had no idea. I know the the restaurant actually. So I've never been there, but it looks like a hard attack on um on a plate. You know, surprisingly, it does, but it's really good. Like my favorite sandwich to eat is a Cuban, and they had a version of that there, and it was a close number two. If you like Cubans, you should definitely check out um, – I just call it Bodega. I don't know if that's the correct term, though, but it's like a – it's called Royal Blue Groceries. They sell grocery stuff, and then they make sandwiches and pizza, and they have a mean Cuban. Cool. Is it in Austin or is it here? It's uh, it's uh, Royal Blue Groceries a, is an Austin thing. So they have okay. a couple of shops around downtown Austin. I'm not sure if there's anywhere else. That's always good. So, yeah. And then when we were there, they had a, one of their burgers was the Ron Burgundy. It was a burger with guacamole, strips of bacon, salsa, and cheese. And of course, the buns were donuts. Mm, nice, nice. Did it hold? Did it hold up? Yeah. Yeah, it hold. They give you like a, an exercise toothpick and you just eat. And then plus there's the donuts with the holes in the center. So that's where all the salsa and the guac went. So that was pretty good. Mm. Interesting. I'm always wary of yeah. that, those type of foods. That's why. Yeah, I had to do my research watching their freaking Instagram page and reading uh, Yelp reviews and Google reviews. And I finally went there and it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, there's one here and I would like to go to it, but it's on the river walk. And you know me, I hate people. Go figure in your jujitsu. You play touch bunch with guys. But it's not in the park though. Uh, it's in a warehouse. Hey, speaking of touch butt, whatever, uh what's what's when's your next competition? Uh we'll see, because you know how the IBJJF likes to be all political and memberships and whatnot. Hopefully when they come around to Austin or Dallas again. I'll probably be sleeping on your couch if they go to Austin. That'd be great. 
Yeah, good morning, welcome. Just gotta share with the crazy dog. Was that him in the background? No, that, a car? that was a car. That was a party. Yeah. It's part of a uh, Honda Civic with the VTEC kicking in. Oh, are you a gearhead? I was in high school. The Fast and Furious movement. Favorite movie is Tokyo uh, Drift. Yeah. You know, my favorite one was the one when The Rock came in. I think that was number six or five. Uh, whichever it is, that's when I started going downhill. Actually, it went downhill, though, but uh, it started getting... Yeah. Well, that's when they switched over to being a heist film rather than about underground racing. I'd say the last one was really Tokyo Drift. Everything else was about undercover, stopping stuff, and amnesia, and farcical. I'm going to outrace a jet airplane. You know what? Go figure. It's like if Paul Walker would have never given those keys to Vin Diesel during then the first Fast and Furious, we would have never had this. This is very true. And speaking of that, um, I don't know if your listeners know that Paul Walker is was a brown belt and now is an honorary black belt. Yeah, they gave it to him posthumously. Yeah, but Paul Walker is one of those guys, kind of like Keanu Reeves, would be a cool-ass dude to hang out with. Yeah, they're legit nice guys. Those are far and few between. Yeah. Most people most people are just posers or fakes and just like hanger-ons or just sheeple. Rest in peace, Paul Walker. What about, okay, if we're going toe-to-toe with celebrities, right? Fighting jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Still there? Rambo. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. You're saying about uh, celebrities? Paul Walker in a fight with Ashton Kutcher. Matt. IBJJF rules. I've seen footage of Ashton Kutcher, and I've never seen any footage of Paul Walker. So just off of that, I'm just going to go with Ashton Kutcher, not to mention he probably has the farm boy strength, too. So Ashton Kutcher. Hmm. Wow. You have low faith in my my man, Paul Walker. Well, every movie I've seen that he had a fight scene, he always got his ass kicked. Which one? Uh. Fast and the Furious, or Too Fast, Too Furious, when him and Tyrese fought, or then Running Scared. Those are movies. You understand that, right, Bryce? <laughs> yeah, but again, if you're a star, it has to be believable. And it's like, he looked very believable getting his ass kicked. Okay, all right. Paul Walker or Keanu Reeves? I'm going to go with Keanu Reeves. I've seen real footage of him rolling with the Machados and him doing like, Shooting sports. Yeah, but the thing is, you can't shoot in IBJJF rules. <laughs> That's not part of the rules. Yeah. Only thing that I think would mess him up is because he's still a white belt, is he would go for a, probably a rolling leg lock or something. Mm-hmm. Speaking of leg locks, how do you feel about leg locks now? Uh, like Vinny McAleish said, they don't work. Still? So no training on leg locks? Oh, I still train them, but they don't work. Because, again, after a certain level, everybody knows is that you forget. Like, even now in the nogi scene, no one's really getting hit with leg locks now because they're hip to it. 
Oh, no, they no. Should have always been you can educate me all you want because I've been out of the scene for a little bit. Um, so my first taste of rolling was last Friday. And uh, that, was a, that, that was a real shocker to me. Yeah, everybody's all about leg locks now. So everybody trains them. It's like the whole thing with MMA and like, oh, my God, the calf kick is the most brutal new technique in the world. And everybody who does kickboxing and tie boxing are laughing at MMA guys because they're like, it's been around since striking was invented. So it's like popularized by Ben Benson Henderson. Yep. Um, Gotta give him his credits. Well, I mean, he's the one that originated it. So everybody, he's a background Taekwondo, so it's not really new, but usually the person who does the most of it, does it repeatedly, then gets that recognition. Yeah. But since he left the UFC, they kind of like shit on everybody that leaves the UFC. But I give credit to Joe Rogan. He constantly credit for it. Like, he was the first guy I've seen use the calf kicks. He used it against Frankie Edgar. He won a fight with a unanimous decision because those were significant strikes. Well, you also know Joe Rogan thought that Ronda Rousey could box the, with the best of them, i.e. I think Mayweather. he just says that. I just think that he's just the hype man. He just says the things that they pay him to do. And if you're giving me $10 million just to talk out of my ass, I'll do that too. I don't know. Sometimes he's very, very delusional. Um, I didn't hear the commentary on the the Jan, the Jan versus Izzy fight, though, but I heard that was very, very biased of the commentators. Oh, no, they were, yeah, they were high off their minds. Yeah. Or at least Joe was. And they really wanted Izzy to win to hype up the John Jones fight. And again, it's like I said in like previous episodes, MMA is not a sport. It's a business. You got to be marketable. Ian Blavovich, uh, Stipe Miocic, they're not marketable. Nobody wants to pay to see a guy who's actually good but has no personality. What about uh, – There were more – Speaking of that, so, so what about Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling? The first fight or the fight that's going to happen in October after his neck surgery? Do you think that fight's going to happen? Yeah, well, it has to happen. No matter what he does to avoid it, it's going to happen. Well, the thing is, it's like, but but to your point, whatever, it's like, uh, I was been stirring instead of making a sports decision, he made a business decision, which was, you know, hey, in his stance. Yeah, that was a smart move. <laughs> take the money, take the belt, get paid more. Right. But then don't go on social media blasting and like saying all this, this and that, whatever, hype it up fights that, you know, people who are retired um, who aren't going to fight anymore. Trying to get those money fights, though. I think the money fights Peter Yan. And I think Peter Yan is going to murder him. He was murdering him the first fight. Uh, I know. Um, I like Alex Remain, but it's, it's, I, don't, I don't see any way that he beats Peter Yan. And Peter Yan, I think, will extend that five round beating and then put him down mercilessly in the fifth oh, round. No, I think he's going to shut him out in two rounds. The first rounds, he was like, oh, this guy has nothing. And he was a wrestler. And he, like, got taken out at will and just terrible and couldn't get up. And I was like – and, again, the commenter's like, oh, my God, look how Aljamain Sterling putting in work. And I'm like, none of those punches were landing or effective or instilling damage. And Jan was just throwing him down at will. It was pretty sad on Sterling's part. Yeah, and Jan is wrestles, but now he's not like a, a caliber wrestler like uh, Alexander Stern, right? 
Yeah, Jan's going to fuck him up within two rounds in October, especially with all this Twitter beef, which I think is hilarious now in fighting. So is it um, it's finalized that he will, he will fight in October? Well, he's he's. Uh, I guess they're trying to get him to fight by the summer, but then he's conveniently has scheduled neck surgery at the end of this month, and it's going to put him out until the fall. So he can hold on to that bill just a little bit longer. Yeah, hopefully get those pay-per-view points. Hey, yeah, give especially it now that there's crowds back. Yeah. Again, smart business decision, and now he's leaning into the bad guy role, which will give you more money. But the problem is, if you're going to be the bad guy, you have to win. Right. Colby Covington. <laughs> he lost his last fight. With uh, no, he lost his fight with uh, Kam- uh, Kamaru Usman, but the thing is, that was a really, really good fight, yeah. So, his stock really didn't drop, and he back and he finished Tyron Crybaby Woodley, and he's no, no, back no. in it again. He broke him, he broke Tyron. Well, everybody breaks Tyron now, he, he's a he's a quitter. Well, the thing is, like when he was uh, when he was supposed to slay, uh, when he should have fought Colby for the title. When Colby should have fought him for the title, I bet you Colby would have beat him. But Kamal Usman beat him senselessly, and then that's when started his decline. No, his decline was like after the uh, the first title defense against Wonderboy because he was super scared. He literally dropped him with one punch in the first round, and then he didn't do anything after that. Hmm. And I don't yeah, remember that then fight. Then it was a majority draw. And then the second fight, same thing, but he won a split decision. Then the only good towel defense he had was against Darren Till, but that was because Darren Till was kind of fresh and literally ran into his right hand and he caught him with the Dars. And then Usman just smashed him because he wasn't like mentally ready. I think he just one of those people that are mentally weak. And then I saw that when he was a guest spot on the rocks gladiator show, Titan games, when he led a freaking non pro athlete farm boy substitute teacher from North Carolina, smoke him and a competition that's based on athleticism. What happened there? Yeah. It was like he just beat him. He had to do a sprint. He had to like pull some chains, do this or that. And the country boy was just gunning it. And then Woodley walked it the whole way through once he saw that he wasn't going to catch him up. And Woodley's the type of guy to where like if he gets tired, he's going to quit. And if he can't beat you, he's going to quit. It's like one of those guys in training. I think Woodley. You know the type. Oh. I'm tired. Uh, let me sit this one out. There's no, there's no like find that second gear or find a way or make a way. Hey Bryce, let's not talk about what I did last Friday, right? Please. Um, <laughs> I know we all can't be with you and you know be like you and uh, push the whole sixty minutes, you know. But you know sometimes people take gotta take water breaks. Good students don't need water. Bad students don't deserve water. We're in seventy percent water. You literally need it to survive. 
If I'm already 70% in water, then I don't need any more water. We need more water if you're depleting it. Nah, I'm infinity. I think Tyrone's problem was, it's kind of like with Ronda Rousey, right? Where you have the star, the, the starlight, right? Whatever Tyrone Woodley had. And he was doing too many things like movies, his rap album, um, if you want to call that. Uh, it's other things. That too. was the only knockout he had was in that rap album. What, uh, just the album itself? Yeah. And especially, um, and especially like, you know, the fight with Colby Covington when it was just like a MAGA versus Black Lives Matter thing. And I think like when people start doing that, you go afraid and it's like, what are you, are you fighting for yourself right now? Like, this is a fight, you know, you don't have to bring that into it, but whatever. Um, so I, I, you can obviously see his demise just falling apart. So it's, it's, um, his last fight, he got knocked out, right? His last fight? No, that was with uh, oh, that was with Peter Luque. He got submitted. He got, he got submitted um, with an arm triangle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so is he cut? He could have got out of that one too. So he he gave up. Yeah. Okay. So is he cut now? Nah. I mean, he tried in this fight. You don't cut him based off that performance. You give him one more, but because Dana already hates him. They're just gonna give him like a killer, so they can. Here's a new hype train. You're gonna make. He's gonna make a name off of beating up the former champion, and then we can finally cut Woodley. Then he can go to Bellator, get juiced up, and try and win. Or he'll probably go to PFL, honestly, because I think people in Bellator will smoke him. You think so? Oh yeah, Bellator 170. That's Douglas Lima's um, and Roy McDonald. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Well, Roy's with PFL now. Is he? Okay. Man, I've been out of the MMA scene. Uh, oh, yeah. It's hilarious right now. All the shakeups and whatnot. Hey, I just like seeing good fights. And uh, that fight with Mackenzie Dern and what was her name? Nina um, Ansara. Azar- but now Nina Nunez, whatever. I was just like, oh, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> well, everyone knew that was going to happen. But in the promos, Nina was just like, yeah, I'm a two-year layup, blah, blah, blah. I can do this, this, that. We're both moms, blah, blah, blah. I was like, dude, she's going to smoke you. Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to move her up quickly in the rankings, which is fine. But she ain't beating anybody in the top five. They fight 115 or 125? 115. I don't know why they kept saying 125. It's straw weight. She's a straw weight. She made 115. Well, let's go to Mackenzie Dern. She's actually making weight now. Um, but the thing is, like, I think that when she gets to the higher level competition, um, yeah, she's gonna get smoked. Yeah, big time. Um, I don't think she stands a chance against Weili Zhang. Um, she's gonna get destroyed by Thug Rose. She's gonna get by Joanna whenever she decides to come back, and then. Who else is – oh, you know what? The only person she may beat is probably Michelle Watterson. What do you think? Uh, Michelle Watterson? I didn't know she was still part of the roster. 
Yeah. She, well, like when they, when they go take time off is to learn a new skill set and to train more and to like get ready for some super big fight. Is, um, what is that? But, um, what's her name? Um, CR Eubanks, uh, the chick from, uh, uh Lord Irving. Oh, Sajaya? Yeah, is she 115 and 125? She's 125. Ah, man. I would like to see that fight right there with Mackenzie Dern. See how that goes. Oh, yeah. Look, like, I'm looking at the rankings right now. Okay, so she's number, let's see, 115. Seriously? Oh, wow. So this is going to get updated really quick. So apparently Nina Nunez or Azeros was number five. And Dern was number eleven, so that just puts her right in the top five. Wow! And yeah, who's the top five right now? Uh, the Killers, Joanna and Young Jacek, or and Rose Namajunas. Only person that she can definitely beat in the top five right now is Carla Esparza. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of Carla Esparza. You don't like the slowest double leg in history and just stay there? She became the first UFC champ, and I was just like, okay. <laughs> and then they exploded with Joanna as her first title defense. They set that poor girl up. It's always funny how, like, uh, the media or, like, just, just, yeah, just the media in general can uh, was it, manipulate people to think a certain way or to push a certain narrative. Um with especially if you look at just fighters in general, when you're like, all right, well, this fighter isn't that good. Um, there's no way they, I think that they can beat them, but they always give them that chance, right? And uh, everyone loves that unjust story. You have that puncher's chance. But in reality, it's like, yeah, good luck. <laughs> you could always have that though, but it's like that's that's not that's 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 like one in a million right there. Yeah, you know what's funny is that Joanna could have beaten. Wiley and Rose, if you just learn how to move laterally and her move her damn head, she's like two set in her tie boxing ways. Jessica and Josh, she's 115, right? No, she moved up to 125. She's fighting uh, Shevchenko at the end of this month or May. Okay, so that that front right there, yeah, I, I didn't realize. Um, I knew Valentina was fighting, but I didn't know who against. How do you think that would fare? Oh, Shevchenko is going to probably submit her just because Andrade run forward swinging and trying to clinch and trying to do another slam. So you mean like Weili Zhang part two, I guess. <laughs> yes, but I see that maybe Shevchenko will probably dump her with the tie clinch. And submit her off her back because she has like a she has this underrated ground game. Like she's schooled. Uh, what's her name? Freaking the ultimate. Oh, the oh yeah, I know you're talking about. Um, it's a. Yeah. I know her nickname. It's like Venezuela Vixen, right? Uh, Juliana yeah, Pena. Yeah, Ju- yeah, Juliana Pena. And I was like, damn! And you're supposed to be the ground specialist. Well, I believe she was losing that fight, and then she rolled Julian Pena. And then got the arm bar. Yeah, it was a good fight. Not for uh, her. Kind of funny. And then, yeah, there's not that many much fights. Yeah, Andrade has that puncher's chance when she fought uh, 
Rose, but I don't see her moving Shevchenko like she did Rose in that fight just because she's up a weight class and Shevchenko is like a legit 125-er. And I really don't know what Andrade's natural weight is, but I know she's probably not going to do like a huge cut to get to 125, maybe like six or five pounds. Shevchenko is going to be a big girl for 125, not to mention the height advantage. So she could end up probably like Jessica I with a nice head kick. But I think that Andrade has a big enough chin to withstand that for at least two rounds. And Shevchenko's coming off of injuries, so this will be our first fight back. So who knows how that goes. As I always say, everybody has a puncher's chance. Fading out, Rambo. Wi-Fi going down. Still there, Rambo? Can't hear you. Yeah, you hear me? I hear you now. Headphones or just bad signal? Uh, I don't know. I, I was talking. It was still on. Um, no, what I was saying, I was like, you know, speaking of women fighting, right, would you like to see like a co-ed UFC fight or a co-ed MMA fight? Like man. Yeah. No, because the man would win. Mm. Listen, there's a reason why there are two separate divisions, and there's a reason why there are weight classes. Check it out. Check it out. What about Cyborg? Cyborg versus uh, who's a 145-er? Frank Yeager. In the top in the top 10? Yeah. 145-er. Who is – oh, yeah, it's freaking Volkov, Volkanovsky. And Ortega. So I'm uh, Cyborg would lose to everybody within. Yeah, everyone right now in the top fifteen are killers. She would lose, especially because she doesn't have a chin. I mean, you got Max Holloway, Brian Ortega, Zabib, Yair, Cheng Sung Jung, Calvin Cater, Josh Emmett, who I can't wait for him to get off of his knee surgery so he can come in. Dan Ige, Jeremy Stevens, all these people got like power. And the last one is Edson Barbosa, Mr. Spinning Heel Kick. Huh. He did drop down to 145. Yeah. What about the lighter weight classes, right? Let's say like Luis, Luis Smoka versus Shevchenko. Or um, who else is 125-er? Um... No. 
I still think it, the male will come on top. What if it was like handicap? What would be the handicap though? Mm, you couldn't use one arm or one leg. Well then, yeah, but then it's not. Then it's not really fair. Then if there's a handicap. Well, I just remember in school. Actually, no. When I was uh, playing soccer when I was in high school, co-ed. Um, I just remember like the discrepancy between the men and the women. It was it was co-ed, so it was for fun. However, it wasn't fun when the girls scored two points and the guy would score score one. So we would stick all the girls in front. However, when the girls would foul the guys. Like nothing would happen, but when the guys would foul the girls, you'd get a red card, you'd get all this stuff. Well, that's just referee bias. No, that's 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 in the rules itself. I don't think the referee just enforces the rules that they had. Oh, that's silly. Well, but at the same time, it's like you couldn't do that because of equality. So, um, I guess we'll never see it happen. Well, you know, oh, with, yeah. with with people with, with people deciding their genders, you never know. Who knows with all these silly snowflake-isms that are going on. Mm. And yeah. silliness. Bunch of silliness. Bunch of silliness. Yeah. <sighs> but that's what happens when, like, I was listening to my car to Bill Burr, and he's like, this is what happens when you let the weak still live. That's the problem with a intelligent society. The stupid people and the weak people still find a way to survive because we're letting them live. Well, I mean, you got to like nerf everything, right? You got to nerf the world. Um, there's there's warning signs and warning labels on everything. Um, things that, you know, are pretty obvious, like don't tilt the vending machine or else you'll fall and crush. Or don't, another popular one is don't eat Tide Pods. Don't eat Tide Pods. You know what Tide Pods are? Detergent. Yeah. <laughs> For your what do you mean that's not edible? That's not edible. Well, I remember like how we were always had to just do the safety briefings every weekend. Remember, don't do this, don't do that. And but it's like somebody in the platoon screwed it up. But the thing it's is, like, like always. But the thing is, like someone in the military, I can understand because listen, you're dumb, young and dumb, right? And you just don't think think straight. That's fine. Okay, cool. But then again, it's like you're bored. Um, and you're also fighting for freedoms, right? So it's like, you know, it's like, I have the right to do this. I can eat a Tide Pod if I want to. Now, it's like when there's like stupid challenges on TikTok, like uh, snort a condom up your nose or, uh, I don't know, lick, lick a toilet during, during the pandemic. It's like. Oh, well, that's just because it's the whole attention seeking Instant celebrity gratification, look at me, look at me mentality that really we are now like on the outside watching it grow up. And then the generation after us, they're like they're in the thick of it and they're like, oh, this is how I become famous. I mean, look at freaking Miss Cash Me Outside or. become a meme become famous it's just like instant fame like everybody wants the end result without doing the things that get you that end result the concept of working hard and is like a foreign concept 
So it's kind of strange. Now I'm that freaking curmudgeon of an old man just watching all these damn kids and there's multicolored hair and freaking TikTok videos. And I'm just like, why? Go to the gym, get a haircut, pull your pants up. Dang, Bryce, you sound like a boomer, man. You're going to be open. You're minded. <laughs> sometimes I just don't want to pull my pants up because it feels nice. And sometimes I don't want to get a haircut because I'm too cheap to get one. And what if I want to color my hair? Again, all those things, they're like, oh, I want to be, it's like, it's your peacocking. You want attention. And again, you, you don't get to decide what that attention is. It can be positive or it can be negative. And you have to be prepared for that. You can't go crying to your safe space when you get the, when you receive attention that you did not want, but you did want it because you did those things for attention. So you really can't complain. I like complaining. So my, um, uh, what do you call it? My way to deal with things is by complaining. No, my so, way of dealing with things is uh, identifying the problem and executing a solution there, devil dog. Listen, it's like no, not everyone can be like you. Not everyone can be adhere to the, 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 the gospel of Jocko Willinks or Dave Goggins. Which is one should. of those life, things. Life would be a lot easier. Yeah, well, I mean, just, just be accountable and uh, treat everybody as if you want to be treated and just get your stuff done. Yeah, isn't that, a, isn't that a foreign concept now? How sad is that? Personal responsibility is a foreign concept now. Well, now, I guess, like, being personal responsible, that's that, I guess that's the thing I like about fighting or jiu-jitsu. It's like, if you haven't put in the work, it'll show. Um, if you have put in the work, it'll show. Um, if you get beat, it's not because... It's not because um, you made an error somewhere, shape, or form, right? I mean, that little person capitalized. They just beat you that day. That's why you hear fighters always saying, like, oh, I wasn't my best today or whatever. It's like he got the best of me today, but, you know, he's not better than me. Um, but a lot of people have that mentality where it's like, no, he's better than me and blah, blah, blah. And it's very, very self-defeating. We call those people losers, Rambo. Yeah. Well, actually, it also reminds me of uh, when I got in the military, too. And it's like you get out and you do your job as you're paid to do. And everyone thinks that, you know, you're you're going above and beyond. And I've heard that. I'm pretty sure you have, too, um, of just being on the military and just doing your job, because just doing that is very, very rare. And I'm surprised there's this many people that have jobs and came and do that. Yeah. You know what the first email I had when I got out and got a job was, wow, you show up early and you're always, and you're never late. Yep. And I was like, really? That's a problem. That's standard. And it's like, I wasn't the best Marine, but I wasn't the worst one. But I know that, just showing up somewhere is 90% of the battle right there. And that's it. And just doing the work and doing as we're told. And just really just honestly, when I 
come to work, it's like, how do I make this easier for me to do so I can chill out and do other stuff? It's like a working party. It's like, you can make it take eight hours or you can make it take an hour and then chill out the rest of the time. Yeah, exactly. Work now, play later. That's how it always works. Yeah, or find an easier way to do things. It's like, um, it's not rocket surgery, but a lot of people make it out to be. Um, but I mean, the same thing with jujitsu. It's like, put in the work, you'll, you'll reap the rewards. Um, and for me, it's like, try and put in the work again after a two-year two year layoff. So it's always fun to go back to the, those growing pains. Yeah, it's always fun to suffer. Suffer breeds results. Well, I mean, that and it's uh, very, very humbling too because it's like sometimes you really got to get checked no matter what, you know? You might think you're on top I've of the world. Problem. Okay, you don't have to admit it on, uh, on air. That's fine. <laughs> Undefeated in the mats. I'll, I'll, tapped out. I'll, I'll ask Alice and Jamie. I'll ask Jamie and Fern. Those files have been redacted. Have they really? Okay, cool, cool. All right. I'm pretty sure they have a... Uh, I'm pretty sure there's something. Nope. Official records. Spotless. Yeah. So there's one thing I want to know. I remember you did a fight to win a while back ago, right? And some guy got you in a triangle and you picked him up and slammed him. Yeah. Do you remember this? So what was going through, what was going through your head? Oh, honestly, it was like, damn, he's gotten dead to rights. And I only had two options because you were, I th- were you there? I was there, yeah. Yeah. Like, I was just like standing them holding him up. And I was thinking of like which way to slam him. And I was thinking either the fall backwards, that at least I can make maybe hit his head to make him let go and then get up or power bomb him forward. And then maybe he'll like get KO'd like rampage versus Arona and do a pass and finish that way. And then I was just had just a little bit of mercy. And I was like, if I go backwards, there's like a 1% chance that I may fuck my own neck up too. If I go backwards. So let me just go forward. And then so, try and turn. Yeah, go ahead. So I thought about like, hey, if you were to like drop back, yeah, you got your issue though. But the thing is, he gets to see it, and he could have released it out. It could have happened, right? But going forward, yeah. I, I realize now with like when you're doing those power bomb type things, because I've always wanted to do it with someone, and that would be great, right? Because you sign a waiver. I mean, hey, you would do it to me. It's all legal. Um, with those power bombs, right? It's like I realized that when people are aiming for the, I guess their shoulder blades, it's like they always curl their necks or yeah, curl their heads in. So you can't hit their head, but it's like, you want to hit their head. So it's like, you kind of have not to like, like arch back and slam, but it's more of like, you got to try to hit the back of their head to knock them out almost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that'd been very, very hard because I mean, that guy was, that guy was tall as well. Right. If I remember. Yeah. I think he was, a little bit shorter. He's really lanky. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That that's the thing, lanky. But hopefully, one of these days, I get in competition, I can do that because, like, I like throws, like slams. Um, that's really, really cool. And a lot of jujitsu people, they don't work on that um, because leg locks are well, the yeah. thing. 
Well, that's in no gi. In gi, it's more or less just doing a lot of uh, pulling guards or freaking blast double legs because I'm on my acai juice cycle. Hmm. Acai sounds good right now, though. But um, yeah, those, shout those... out to Purpleberry. Purpleberry is now defunct. So, but I can make some. Uh, uh, was it really mean acai bowl? I have not come close to one here, except for Rise Up. Rise Up was pretty good, but here in Austin, you have all these chains aren't that good. I went. I didn't like Rise Up. I still say you were the best in the acai game. I like Rise Up. Um, mine was good. I, I like mine too, obviously because I made it. But uh, around here, it's like people pay. I think I paid last time like fifteen bucks. Fifteen bucks for acai bowl because Austin prices warrants that, right? And it was like very, very lackluster. Um, then and there was another place called, uh, I forget what it's called though, but they make smoothie bowls almost. It's not even like an actual like thick, honestly, like yeah. thick as ice cream. It, they don't make it like that. It's like if I can eat it with a straw, it's not really an acai bowl. Right. It's a smoothie. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but that on a hot day, oh man, dude, after a few trains. Hard training, dude. I bet. Hard training, acai bowl, take a shower and go to sleep. That was my routine for a while when I was just going to jiu-jitsu. Actually, on Sundays, right? Sunday morning, we used to train at like 7 or 8 for like an hour or two. Come home, eat, shower, pass out, wake up, do all over again. Yeah, that's the life. It was fun. I do miss those days, though. But I'm, I'm glad that I pretty much got every single chance to go training um, because that was, that was a really fun time for me. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. When did you start with us? Were you at the judo club or were you in the blue room of doom? Uh, I was at powerhouse, dude. Oh, uh, the last year then, right? When we were still there. Yeah, it was probably, I got signed up. So how I originated into powerhouse was um, a buddy of ours, Cam, was at Gracie Baja Champions in Houston. I met with him, and I knew that he was from San Antonio. Um, and he brought me over there. Um, he took me down in his car. The, I think one of the first roles I had with, was with uh, Bobby Southworth. And I was just like, dude, no way, man. Um, I was in there training. I got signed up by Mike Lopez. Or either Mike Lopez or the other guy. I forgot what his name. Alex. Alex. Oh, sweet. And then, how'd you like it? How was your experience? Um, I was like, all right, cool. I'll ride this out right here. Um, that's when Fern made us do, like, butt scoots. And I was like, what the hell is this right here? this crap. And everyone was going back and forth. I got maybe, like, two feet. And I was like, dude, I'm done, dude. I, I can't do this. And my abs hurt. <laughs> So one of the things is like all these weird movements and uh, just just a cool vibe. Um, so I just kind of just stuck with it. I tried other places though, but I mean, you already know when you go to different gyms, everyone's trying to check you, and yeah. you can't just be like, "Hey, I just want to work on my stuff, man." No, you got to go balls to the wall, one hundred percent ADCC style because um, the, the the gods of jujitsu are watching over you right now and judging you. Yeah, got to make sure you wear your phone books and be strapped. Yeah. So from there, it's like, I think the, what is it? We went to the, was it BTA? 
and then no, the we judo were club. In, no, it was judo club then BTA. Oh, then judo club again. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, so I was at the tail end of powerhouse, which I can't find my old powerhouse T-shirt. I'm pretty mad about that. Dude, I have mine like on the hanger. I'm gonna put them in a shadow box because braid. It's like the original Jigori Kano gi, to where like if you try and move it, it's just gonna disintegrate. Yeah, yeah. My my shirt right now it's like very very thin. Because uh, I don't know where it's at though, because all these washes and wearing all the time. But uh, it's one of the shirts like I kind of want to keep for a little bit. But yeah, it was uh, it was it was quite a quite a journey. Um, I'm glad I stuck with it. It's one of those things like you know some of my really good buddies, whatever, still do jujitsu from other places too. And uh, no matter what, it's like it's kind of like a brotherhood. It's like no matter where you go, it's like hey, you want to roll? You want to do this? Or it's like hey, you haven't rolled a little bit? Come on, let's go. Hell yeah. Love jujitsu. Freaking. Wait, did you? Oh, yeah, because I remember you had a Gracie Baja belt and I was giving you shit for that. Yeah, everyone was um, until I got promoted. I think I got promoted in. When did I get promoted? You got that BTA. Yeah, because that was the same day I got my brown belt. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I got my blue belt and I remember talking to Austin Ramey. what is it? This feels weird. Does it feel like I'm a blue belt yet? And I'm purple. It's like, it still doesn't feel like I'm purple, but um, it's, it's one of those things was like, belts don't really matter. It's like, all right, I need to brush up my skill set and uh, really, really use it where it's for. It's for defending yourself, you know? And uh, that's one of the things that Jamie's like, that I'd hear too. It's like, it's a fight, not so much as a sport, you know? So it's like, but yeah. be, be mindful of this. Because on the streets, you can't just flap to your back or you can't, you know, get to the ground because you don't want to get to the ground in the streets. Yeah, that's what I always say in my philosophy. Because this is cool, but eventually I'm just going to just always be on top. If you're on top, you're always winning. Well, that's what she said. Okay, Michael Scott. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Office, one of the greatest series ever. But yeah, um... Yeah, the jujitsu journey has been a been a crazy up and down draw, ride. And uh, since I had my daughter and uh, not having enough time here, um, it's it's been really difficult. It's kind of like I, I fell in out of it. But you know, just going back to the gym last time, and it felt really really good. It felt really good to have my my ass handed to me. And uh, because it's like, I mean, I think everyone needs some sort of release like this because it's like you go to work, right? You, you look at these lawyers, doctors, all these people in like different positions. It's like when they start having certain types of outbursts and stuff like that, they don't have that release anywhere at all. You got to think about that, right? So it's like they build yeah. up inside and nothing happens and they take it on someone they're not supposed to. Coworkers, kids, you know, your spouse. Yeah, it's like, like, I look at it like this because this is back when there was like big heavyweights were all there. And it's like, I'm at the time, I'm only like 160, 170. It's like when there's a 365 pound man just smashing you with his with his freaking move and you can't get out and you can barely breathe. Not filing your TPS report isn't that serious. Yeah. Well, one thing it makes you do is you're in the moment because no matter what, it's like we're all distracted because of cell phones, computers, with everything, with people passing by. You want that instant gratification with jujitsu or just any any contact sports. It's like you're in that moment. If you aren't, you're kind of screwed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Be- you're, you're screwed. 
Yeah, because it's like you, your goal. It, it's very, very simple. It's like, what is your goal? If you're on bottom, get on top. If you're on top, you know, advance position or submit. Very ever, black and white. Yeah, but it, it, sometimes when you're in it, it's like you get inundated with all these things, and especially if you're watching YouTube videos and look at all these stuff, and it's like, just do the basic stuff. Just get out, you know? Um and people forget how to do that. Um, but it's always good to see people learning and growing from it, though. So that's one thing that I like about jujitsu. It's like you meet some good people. You also meet some bad people, too. But one of the things uh, is like all the peoples. Who was your favorite people? I always enjoyed the let's roll light guy. And then you turn it up on him like, hey, man, just let's like calm it down. Let's bring it, dial it back. And it's like, I'm just going at your speed, bro. Yeah, um, I like the bigger guys sometimes because it's like it's always like when they see me, it's 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 like oh look at this look at this like some smaller dude right? I'm just going to crash him. I'm just going to crush him, and they get with me, and it's like all right, cool. I already know your game. You're just going to lay on top of me, and it's like I'm going to try to be as quick and on top of you, whatever, and just to tire you out so you don't want to mess with me at all. Um, And then you smash him. And then I also like the the guy who likes to coach you as you're about to submit them. That's always classic with their... Oh, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. If you move your hand here, you can adjust and finish the... Ch- and then I just choke them even harder and let them tap out like that. Or people are like, eh... It was more of a crank than a choke. And then I'll just be like, but you still tap though. So I guess that's all that really matters. I think for me, it's like, I've been guilty of that. And um, I'm like, I'm not afraid to tap. It's like, I'm not going to mess up my knee. I'm not going to mess up my arms, uh, my neck. I haven't tapped in the past before, but now it's like, hey, getting older, you got to take care of yourself. And why put yourself out of commission for another like a month or two? Because I mean, you have injuries during these during this game, and it's not it's not fun. Hell no! Freaking gotta go to rehab. You gotta do physical therapy. You gotta do follow ups, pre follow ups, and then you have surgery. You're out even longer, and it just sucks. And it's like, man, I have to wake up just to do a freaking pre warm up for the warm up to do my workout. <laughs> Right, right, it's, right. It's hilarious. It's getting older, man. But I have to say, like, the, the the type of people I like rolling with are the ones that go, I guess. hundred percent hardcore Abu Dhabi finals deathmatch. For me, honestly, the worst or the only person I don't want to roll with is the I just look at them and they're a running faucet sweaty guy. And I'm like, ugh. And if I do roll with them, I just do everything in my power to not end up on the bottom. Hmm. I was like, you're not stripping sweat in my eyeball, my ear, especially my mouth. It's just not going to happen. 
Yeah, I had that happen. Um, I think I was wrong with Alex and that happened and uh, he was on top of me. I was, I think I was a white belt at the time and he was a purple and uh, he sweats a lot and his sweat got into my mouth. Uh, worst yeah. feeling. I don't know how it got there, uh, I, I, but the thing is it was in my mouth. It was my eyes. And I was like, this is so gross. But I have to say like one of the weirdest moments I had with someone grappling was uh, we were at the gym, actually at the UFC gym and I was attending wrestling class. And uh, this one guy came in, right? And uh, he looked like he was a day laborer. Like he worked outside. He worked on like, you know, um, construction, right? Because he came in with a bright yellow shirt, um, jeans, and socks. And they let him on the mats. And I was his partner. But then, like, obviously, this guy was piss drunk, right? But the thing is, me being oblivious, I don't, I don't, I don't drink. I don't know, you know? Um, I'm sort of trying to like work on my single legs, doing this, doing that, what the instructor was saying. And it got to the point where it's just like, he was like, Hey, come on, let's, let's grapple right right during class. And I'm just looking at him like, dude, what the hell? So I think uh, the instructor at the time was just like, like he saw like I was getting really, really you know, kind of perturbed. Right. But I was just like, I didn't don't want to just reflect the class. Um, so he took the dude inside. It was like, Hey man, you can't be doing that here, man. And just kicked him off. But uh, that's one of those things where it's like we were grabbing for a little bit though but then he started doing something else and then it was just it just started escalating because it's like you're not doing what you're supposed to i don't know who you are you just walked in um and it's like i'm not paying to be here to be your babysitter so exactly and it just goes to the whole point of personal responsibility accountability And you're just a freaking silent nerd assassin because it's so unassuming that if you see Rambo, he's going to draw first blood and fuck you up. Too bad I can't bring my Rambo knife. I got one for my birthday. It's so badass. I have an actual Iwo Jima knife from an Iwo Jima veteran. That is badass. I know, right? It's a... United States Marine Corps K bar, and uh, I don't know, man. That's one of those things I like. I, mean, I love military memorabilia. Did you make a shadow box or nah? What's a shadow box? Your patches and rank and ribbon stack and all that stuff. No, I don't. I really don't care for that. Things that matter to me is like my dog tags, my name tags, my flag. Uniform, eh, not so much. You can take it or leave it. Ribbons, eh, whatever. Dude, you got to keep your uniform. I have my dress blues boxed up. Your your flares? Yes. And I got the old school ones because now they're all freaking zippered out. I had 32 buttons to deal with. I'm pissed about that. Now they decided, you know what? Having 32 buttons on your pants is ridiculous. Let's add zippers. It always got to me. It's like, the military, all the gear you have is from the lowest bidder. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what are the other prices? Because I know $400. Which is really nice. I hope you kept that. Yeah. Oh, dude, I have that. I remember during inspections, they would always try and make us put our rank on the peacoat. Really? Yeah. And a lot of us didn't want to do that. And then they had to like come out with like an act. There was an actual UCMJ code 
for the uniforms, the SecNav instruction, blah, 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 that said you had to put your rank on the Pico. And I was just like, ah, I lost it. Hmm. That was always a good thing. I always lost everything. Yeah. But no, I didn't really lose it. It's just air quotes. But then it's like, and also, too, because I was joint side all the time, I had to work on Air Force. I didn't know how to put freaking Navy rank on all the on my, on my shit. They put it down the middle of the scene. I was like, what mm-hmm. are you doing? Yeah, definitely. All right, Bryce. Anything else, man? I got to get back to work. Uh, what's work? Now, this is good. We got about an hour so far. This is a very fun conversation. Maybe you'll beat Mr. Eric Inman's ranking on the top five of my podcast. This would be oh, pretty nice. cool. Yeah. yeah, nice, nice, nice. Let me know. Oh, yeah. I'll let you know. Yep. Enjoy your work night. Thanks, B. Rice. Appreciate Later, having him on this podcast. No problem. Thanks. All right, man. Later. Later. So ends another episode of the Bryce Side Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the chat with John Rambo. Hopefully we'll have him back later in the summer. Again, like and subscribe. I'm available on all platforms. iTunes, Spotify, Anchor are your major ones. And don't forget, I'm on Instagram, BryceSide underscore BJJ. Until next time, you can always find me. Only on the bright side.